What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blogging Theology. Today, I am delighted to talk to Imran Muller. Welcome back, sir. Thank you very much for having me. Imran, as you, I'm sure you know, is a specialist on Britain's policies towards Muslims domestically, and he has done work assisting award-winning journalist Peter Aborn on research for his forthcoming book, which is entitled The Fate of Abraham, Why the West is Wrong About Islam. Now, that's due to be published next month. Imran has also studied the French attitude to its Muslim population and is particularly interested in France as a comparison with Britain. He is a student of history at Cambridge University and has written for publications including Traversing Tradition, Athwart and Conservative Home. And you can follow him on his Twitter handle uh, at Osmani268. That's O-S-M-A-N-I-268. So the 2022 French presidential elections took place yesterday with some surprising results. Uh, Here's one example. The the far-right politician Marine Le Pen obtained her highest result ever at the first round of a presidential election on Sunday. Now, she'll now go head to head with President Macron in a final vote on the 24th of April. And many will want to know, me included, how different could France be with Le Pen as president? So could you kind of give us an update on what is going on? There are other surprising results as well. And how worried should French Muslims be about the possible outcome? Well, I mean, uh, that's a very good introduction, very good summary of the situation. Um, the first thing that I would note is that French politics um, has changed so much in the past few years, so much so that the two parties that used to be the main political forces in the country, so the Socialist Party and the Republicans, have been obliterated at this election. So the Socialists, um, the Socialist Party actually used to govern the country uh, not that long ago, the socialist candidate this time got 1.8 percent of Did the he? vote. Yeah, oh, meanwhile, so Gosh. It's, it's very dramatic, actually, a mm. dramatic decline. That basically is no socialist party anymore, essentially. Um, and then Valerie Pécresse, who at mm. one point looked like the front runner to challenge Macron. So she's the yeah. Republican Party candidate, uh, the centre-right candidate. She only got 4.8%. So uh, the Republicans have essentially been completely decimated as well. Uh, meanwhile, Eric Zemmour got 7.1%, which mm-hmm. is very disappointing for him and his followers. But on the other hand, um, it is a significant achievement that he started a political movement from essentially nothing. He got enough signatures from elected officials to actually be able to compete in the election. And then he got 7.1% of the vote. I mean, that's nearly yet one in 10 French voters uh, Mm. cast their vote for Eric Zemmour. Just a quick reminder, he's the guy who called for a ban on the name Mohammed. Uh, That's how extreme his anti-Muslim rhetoric has been. Um, But it could be much, it could have been much worse. He could have done 
much better. Um, the two candidates who will be heading into the final vote on the 24th of April are President Macron and, as you mentioned, Marine Le Pen. So Macron has got 27.8% of the vote, which is actually um, very good for him. He, he, he did much better than uh, some people were expecting and than it looked like he would do earlier in the race. And I think he was really helped by actually Russia's uh, horrific invasion of Ukraine because he began to look like more of a statesman. And a lot of French people who maybe didn't like Macron thought, well, at least he's someone who actually looks like he can be a proper president and lead the country. And we don't really trust Marine Le Pen to do that. So uh, Macron is leading Le Pen by about four percentage points. Um, and it, it's not ultimately that much. He's done well, but he faces a significant uh, challenge because, you know, it's going to be Macron versus Le Pen, just those two uh, in the final round. I think, though, the truly remarkable thing about this election is that uh, Mélenchon, Jean-Luc Mélenchon, he is the uh, the main left wing uh, candidate. He got 22 percent of the vote. Yeah, so that's I, I was I was very surprised to, to see that. I mean, yeah, incredible um, advance for him politically. I didn't see that happening. It is. And he just got, you know, so it's just like one one percent less than Le Pen, actually. I mean, that's extraordinary. Now, Mélenchon's supporters will all say that, well, the fact that we have a divided left is why Mélenchon uh, isn't facing Macron in the final round, because, you know, 4.6 percent of the vote went to the Green candidate, uh, Yannick Jadot. Um, the Communist Party candidate got 2.3 percent. So actually, if the left hadn't been divided like that, Mélenchon would easily have surpassed uh, Le Pen. But, you know, it's not to be, but it is extraordinary that people voted for Mélenchon. He's rejected the anti-immigrant rhetoric of both Eric Zemmour, Marine Le Pen, and actually Pécresse as well. He's also, uh, so he, he has a Islamophobic record, I should say this. Islamophobia in France um, straddles the entire political spectrum. So Mélenchon has a record of saying, uh, you know, in France, we don't wear the headscarf. He's been against Muslim women wearing the headscarf. Actually, Le Pen, uh, a few years ago, she went to Lebanon and she entered yes. a mosque. She refused to cover her head and Mélenchon defended her and said, no one tells French people what to wear. So <laughs> as this... I actually, rem I actually remember that. I remember thinking, what? You know, how can the political left be supporting the far right over what issue? Oh, bashing Muslims. That's when they're united. Oh, God. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Support for laïcité for France's secularism has been, um, he it is hegemonic. Uh, but Mélenchon, he's shifted uh, more recently in the past few years. So in, in 2020, when uh, Macron was ramping up his um, assault on Muslim civil society and anti-Muslim rhetoric was really reaching fever pitch, Mélenchon said, well, secularism doesn't mean that we have to hate a religion. He said that in France, there is hatred of Muslims dis uh, disguised as secularism. So he has come out against, you know, Zemmour's rhetoric. He ferociously debated Zemmour on what it means to be French. Zemmour was suggesting that Muslim migration is a threat to France. Uh, Mélenchon was opposing this. And he uh, does have significant support from uh, ethnic minorities in France, uh, mm. and particularly uh, North Africans, actually. So Mélenchon's recognised that um, he needs to tap into that electorate, and uh, that it's not helpful 
for him to mm. also be jumping on the kind of uh, anti-Muslim bandwagon. So it's very interesting that uh, 22% of voters decided to back Mélenchon with his rejection of the far-right populism of uh, Marine Le Pen and Eric Zemmour. And very significant, and it really shows that we can't, you know, we should never judge um, an entire people by, you know, the actions or opinions of some some within them you always look for the individual there are individuals there are there are many many people in france who oppose the persecution of muslims and say well they they are french citizens as well they have the right to be here we shouldn't oppose them there are lots of french people who do think that and i, I would stress that point to mm. um the listeners yeah no it's a very good point and interesting in my region of france where, where i live in the in the Gers, which is sort of southwest france the uh, the split in the vote was pretty much the same actually in that in that particular region as it was uh, nationally and even in my village the the split has been exactly the same so it looks as if french society is uh, fractured uh, in 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 that way across the board but the, the the question I really have is about uh, this politician Marine Le Pen, who now sat, I mean, there's a couple of, there's a couple of weeks really now uh, until the election, and anything, as we know, as you've said, anything can happen uh, in, in you know a week. The cliche in Britain is a week is a long term in politics. Two weeks in France is even longer. Um, anything can happen. So if she was to become the next president of the republic. Um, what kind of France can we expect to see? What's going to happen to, what's, what's she going to do, do you think? Well, I think it will be very troubling. She's not, her platform is not so dramatic as Eric Zemmour's who wanted to stop immigration and, you know, ban Arabic names. Um, but Le Pen is from the National Rally Party, uh, which is renamed, it used to be the National Front. Yeah. Um, and her father, Jean-Marie Le Pen uh, was a very famous politician. Now, this party uh, is a far-right party. Actually, one of their main barriers still today is that many elderly people in France really see them as having this far-right stigma because they were, it was known for being a very anti-Semitic party, actually, uh, a couple of decades ago. Uh, and uh, this is a party that opposed Algerian independence. So it absolutely opposed uh, France giving up uh, Algeria. So it has that legacy. Uh, Le Pen has always been um, anti-Muslim in her politics, uh, ferociously so. Um, her current platform is that she wants to ban the hijab in all public places. So currently the hijab is banned in you know, schools, the face veil is banned everywhere. Le Pen says no hijab in public places, which is remarkable because people are still allowed to wear hoodies uh, so you can cover your head in some ways, but if it's if it's seen as a sign of Muslimness or Islamic practice, then it's unacceptable uh, as but, far but, as but, Le Pen. But that, but that but that will result in mass persecution of Muslims in France. Uh, I, I I mean, I, in my kind of subjective impression, I, I don't get the impression that uh, Muslim sisters wear the hijab as much as they do in Britain. I mean, in my area, kind of around Toulouse and that. But nevertheless, it, it will. If the police have to enforce this, that means they're going to be basically agents of persecution on, on, on a massive industrial scale, targeting Muslim women and forcing them to deny their faith by taking off what is very, in a sense, trivial. A headscarf is not a big deal. And it would just, uh, it would almost be like civil war. It would be 
unspeakable in a in allegedly modern liberal democracy in the West for that to happen. You know, just reminds me of similar incidents in the 1930s even it would just be absolutely extraordinary i just can't imagine how it would work in practice as i'm trying to say um yeah no neither can i actually um and it it would be um forced forced assimilation um Mm. it would make life unlivable for many women across the country actually they'd have to make they'd have to make that decision you know um the for the police, it would be an extraordinary task. I mean, it's it's you know, one one can imagine that what what would actually happen is that in many areas where there are lots of Muslims, mm. uh, women actually would walk around still wearing yeah. uh, the headscarf, and um, you know, and then a police car would come past, and everyone would say, "Look, police!" And you can imagine it; it would be absolute chaos, and and people yeah. would uh, resist it. Yeah. reasonably uh, they wouldn't want to just sort of obey everyone wouldn't say yes this is fine but there'd also be um significant pushback from uh the judiciary i think uh i think the the machinery of the state would be against le pen if she came into power and wouldn't allow her to uh, actually implement some of this more extreme stuff so so there is that hope because they you know um these people don't they don't agree with le pen's platform and actually uh the judiciary has a record of sometimes actually reining in some of the extreme uh populism and saying that no this is discrimination this isn't fair so there is that hope uh that a lot of le pen's platform would be unworkable and that she wouldn't be able to do it but imagine being a muslim and having a president who wants to do that stuff even if it's not actually being implemented it's still very significant and then you can imagine how the rhetoric might escalate as well but le pen she also has other policies targeting muslim and she has blatantly nativist policy policies so she says um we should prioritize native french citizens when mm. it comes to um healthcare and housing and that kind of thing. I mean, all this would be absolutely unthinkable in Britain. You couldn't, I mean, mm. even the, the Conservative government, you couldn't imagine them saying anything like that. It'd be completely beyond the pale. But that is being proposed by Le Pen. She's also saying something extraordinary, which is that we should strip French citizenship from those who espouse extreme Islamist views. Huh. Now, the problem is, is that, you know, how is extreme Islamist being defined? Because Le Pen defines Islamist as, you know, just conservative Muslim practice. and Defending the hijab, for example. Well, wouldn't women have a right to wear hijab? Ah, extreme radical, strip him of his citizenship. But by the way, a lot of Muslims are obviously uh, in France, are born in France, um, strip them of their citizenship. Where are they going to go? Iceland, Norway. I mean, seriously, I mean, where do you go to a stateless person who's actually born in the country you've just taken his country from? I I don't get the logic of that. Um, Anyway, it's a completely unworkable plan and it sends a quite chilling message to, um, you know, to to Muslims that they're not as French as other people because their citizenship is conditional on them actually having the right views. So it's it's an extreme uh, implementation of thought crime, actually very, very worrying uh, for french muslims so the platform is it's not quite as extreme as zamur's and she has she she hasn't exactly prioritized um the discussion of islam in her election campaign because she's wanted 
to distinguish herself from Zemmour. So she's wanted to say, well, Zemmour's the kind of um, the crazy far right one uh, that you should be scared of compared to him. I'm reasonable. I have all these, um, you know, views on the economy. She does have lots of other policies, economic yeah. policies. Um, yeah. But she does, there is this core um, anti-Muslim impetus to uh, Le Pen's politics that I think people should be very worried about. Uh, doesn't she want to uh, get France out of NATO and and possibly out of the EU as well? I mean, she, so she's gone back on on some of those older. But she used to be anti EU. Now she's actually she she's given up on that because it was proving uh, a lot of these positions were just proving too toxic. You know, previously she had some sort of sympathy for Putin as well. She's obviously gone back on that now because it's so it's considered so. Uh, a bit acceptable. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, ex exactly. So Le Pen has undergone a, a rebranding and actually it's, it's quite a successful uh, rebranding, I think. Right. So she doesn't want to leave NATO anymore uh, as well. Is that still? No, no as, as, as far as I'm as far as I know, um, that's not on the table anymore. Right. So she's clipped back a lot of her more radical policies, uh, except when it comes uh, uh, to, to Muslims, it seems. So uh, my next question really is, we've got a couple of weeks then until the uh, final vote on the 24th of April in France. A lot can happen between now and then. But just, just speculating for a second. So I, I'm assuming that Zemmour's support, the seven point, whatever it was, support that went to him during the first round will automatically go to Le Pen. I mean, who else are they going to vote for? They're not going to vote for the socialists or Macron, are they? So, okay, so she'll benefit from that. But then Macron may well benefit from uh, the the other parties uh, who, who are not in the, in the second round. So how is this all going to balance out, do you think, in the maths? Is Macron going to win because he will get the others supporting him during the second round? Um, unfortunately, I don't think it, uh, I don't think it is very clear that Macron will win. Um, the, the maths doesn't support it. Of course, uh, you know, th there are two weeks left. A yeah. lot can happen in two weeks. So anyway, we can't sort of look at the picture today and say and map that onto two weeks from now. Um, yeah. But also there is it, it's not so straightforward as uh, Mélenchon supporters will uh, go to Macron or even that Zemmour supporters actually will vote for Le Pen. So I think the first thing I'd say is that Le Pen is the candidate that Macron uh, wanted to face uh, in yeah. in the second round of the election. He didn't want to go up against Zemmour. And that's because Zemmour was an unpredictable candidate. Um, Le Pen, she has the support of the anti-establishment nationalist right. But mm. the establishment right really doesn't like Le Pen. And Zemmour um, was gaining a lot of support from the establishment right. So there was the fear that if it's Zemmour versus uh, Macron and people had to choose, actually Zemmour could end up uh, somehow reuniting the establishment right with the anti-establishment nationalist right and then he could win and Le Pen doesn't have that same kind of mass appeal she's predictable Macron's faced her before so yeah. he did want to go up against Le Pen so he'll be happy uh, right now to be facing uh, Le Pen um, but it's it you know 76 percent of Zemmour supporters will vote for Le Pen uh, four percent bizarrely for Macron for right. whatever reason, oh, really? um, okay, potentially because they they're hoping that things will get worse and then 
um, Zamor can sort of make an epic comeback in a few years, or uh, that, that kind of thing. But but the rest, this is a significant part. 20% of Zamor supporters don't aren't going to vote. They say that they'll yeah. abstain. Yeah. So actually, Le Pen's challenge is to try and draw in a lot of these supporters. And they'll abstain because, you know, they don't like Le Pen. Uh, a lot of these Zemmour supporters. Um, well, well, so, they, well, why, why don't they like Le Pen? I mean, she, 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 basically, they're come, kind of cut off from the same cloth, aren't they? They're not that different. So what, why on earth would they not vote for Le Pen to keep out Macron? I, I don't see what's uh, the... Le, Le Pen comes from a different um, political tradition. So, you know, she's seen as quite toxic uh, by many people who sort of revere uh, de Gaulle, and, uh, you know, a, a kind of more traditional establishment vision of France. And the National Front, uh, Le Pen's party, was always sort of defined in opposition to that. And so among elderly voters uh, in particular, they really don't, uh, you know, a lot of them don't like Le Pen because of this connection, whereas Zemmour doesn't have that problem and that's why they were got all that baggage then that, that uh, Le Pen and particularly her father of course uh, m- most famously has he's his neo-nazi uh, uh, connections historically and she's from that kind of family tree whereas Zimor exactly. perhaps being Jewish in, in you know uh, ancestry wise Algerian and so on doesn't obviously doesn't have that baggage yeah and also Zimor is able to get um, some Catholic support that Le Pen isn't able to get because Le Pen is an avowed secularist. So she says Islam shouldn't be allowed in the public sphere, but, you know, neither should Christianity. Whereas Zemmour, Zemmour's rhetoric was all about, um, you know, asserting a kind of Christian Frenchness. So for that reason, actually, uh, some Zemmour supporters won't want to vote for Le Pen. So that's a challenge for Le Pen. Um, Now, Valérie Pécresse, she told her supporters to vote for Macron. So she said, Le Pen, she said this last night, she gave a speech, she said, yeah, I've lost. Um, Le Pen's too extreme, so vote for Macron. But they're not going to do this. Uh, 30% of Pécresse supporters will actually abstain. I mean, levels of abstention, (laughs) clearly, in this election. This is the the wild card, isn't it? This is the joker in the pack, abstentions. You can't just, as as you've said, you can't just transfer, they voted this way, they're now going to vote this way because that's the natural... They may abstain, and and this is really okay. wild because how can you predict this outcome if you've got so many people who just simply may refuse to vote at all because they're just disgusted by the alternatives? I suppose this is why both Le Pen and Macron have to work so hard over the next few mm. weeks to try and uh, you know encourage vote voter turnout and to say to people who don't want to vote for anyone that you should vote for me. So thirty five percent of Pécresse supporters say they'll vote Le Pen, despite Pécresse saying um, don't vote for Le Pen. 35% uh, 35% of them say they'll vote for Macron. So it's sort of evenly split. And then you've got the 30% who are going to abstain. So it's not looking too good uh, for Macron in that sense either. Meanwhile, supporters of the Green candidate, uh, a shocking 38% of them say that they'll abstain from voting. So they won't support macron now we might think you know this is strange but, but, but why but well, that's not a question why would they not because okay macron may be bad but he's not as bad as the alternative so why would they sit on their hands and it, it may be even effectively let le pen in by refusing to participate i, I just don't see 
the logic in that, unless I'm missing some obvious point here. They don't, uh, many of them don't necessarily see Le Pen as um, that terrible because, you know, the Green candidate actually, uh, he's anti-Muslim um, as well to an extent. On the one hand, um, he has opposed some of the kind of, you know, anti-Muslim rhetoric he has, that's true. But he's also uh, supported a ban on ritual slaughter. So that's halal and kosher slaughter. So it's not so clear for many of these supporters of the, the Green candidate that Le Pen is, uh, you know, completely right. evil yeah. or anything. And that's why you've got this kind of nearly 40% that are actually going to abstain. Uh, 50, 56%, I think, um, are going to vote Macron. And then you'll have a few, you know, about five five, six percent, I think, that will go for uh, Le Pen. But it's still, you know, it's it's a race where um, both candidates have a lot to to win and to lose. Now, most worrying for Macron, of course, is that Mélenchon supporters are not just going to straightforwardly uh, go over to his side. I mean, 44 percent say we'll abstain. Or at least, you know, they'll vote a blank. So they'll go and vote, but they'll, they'll leave it blank. So, uh, And that's because a lot of these supporters, they say, well, both these candidates um, are awful. We we hate Macron. We mm. can't justify voting for him. It's actually, it's, it's understandable uh, in a sense. Uh, but of course, this could to Le Pen. And then... Oh, we've got a bit of a freeze on the screen here. I don't know if... Um... The, the other, this is another problem for Macron, is that the other 56% who are going, 23% of them say, yeah, we'll vote for Macron. The other 23% say, we'll support Marine Le Pen. So um, it's it's not completely secure for Macron at all. He has to try and win Mélenchon supporters. He has to mainly focus on those who want to abstain. Um, and Le Pen has to try and make sure that more Mélenchon supporters vote for her. I mean, th th this this uncertainty, it just reminds me of political earthquakes we've had elsewhere in, in the West. Uh, I mean, I, I vividly remember the the day before the Brexit vote. I didn't bother voting. I will confess I didn't vote in the Brexit um, uh, referendum because I thought there's no way we're going to vote for Brexit. <laughs> this is not going to happen. So why bother? <laughs> you know, what an idiot I was. So Brexit happened. That was one earthquake. And the other earthquake, of course, the earthquake of earthquakes was Donald Trump in, in the United States. I didn't see that coming at all. And, um, and neither did anyone else. I don't think Trump saw it coming, to be honest. Uh, he got elected. So, you know, we've had some pretty unexpected earthquakes. And um, obviously, you know where I'm going with this. Could Le Pen be the next earthquake in the Western political system? Um, well, I suppose... Um it's possible. I would still say it's unlikely. She's got an uphill climb. It's Macron's race to lose, but it's definitely possible. So it's something It's something to be worried about uh, and to pray doesn't happen, that there could be some, you know, it's within the margin of error, the polling, actually. When you actually poll um, oh, really? the voting population and say, who would you vote for, Macron or Le Pen? It's about 51% say uh, Macron, 49% say Le Pen. Right. So it's so close. And actually, that is well within the margin of error. I mean, you know, yeah. if the polls are just a bit off, if things change in the next two weeks, yeah. uh, Le Pen could actually uh, end up winning. Now, the the challenge and the paradox for Macron is that he decided to combat the far right by adopting a really hardline 
attitude towards Islam. So under his uh, presidency, there's been a massive assault on Muslim civil society. Uh, yeah. Hundreds of Muslim organizations uh, closed down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all of that. So he, so he sort, of, sort of moved to the far right on the issue of Islam. Um, and in that sense, the, the, the hope is that, you know, this will um, get rid of some of these fears about Islam among the population. They'll be more willing to support Macron. But actually, paradoxically, what I think it's done is it's normalized Le Pen. So there is no longer this kind of um, toxic cloud around Le Pen that you couldn't possibly vote for her. She's she's against, she, she's beyond the pale. Now it's like, well, you know, even the president um, is implementing some of these uh, policies that a few years ago would have been unthinkable. So Le Pen's anti-Muslim policies are just sort of the logical next step. So we've actually seen the normalization of Le Pen's Previously and, toxic. And, toxic. and this is this is different because I remember the last time round when these two characters faced each other in the presidential election, the toxicity of Marine Le Pen was a big, big problem, a big issue. And I think it obviously sunk, uh, probably sunk her in the end. But now you're saying that the normalisation of the rhetoric through Macron's perhaps ill-conceived taking over some of her ground and uh, and making it mainstream, she's now become more of a respected uh, figure. And she's her campaign has focused, as you say, on, on much more mainstream issues like the economy, standard of living and other issues that voters also care about. So this is different, I think, isn't it? This this time round, same guys, slightly different way of some different feel about it. And it's to her advantage, I think you're saying this time round, because she's no longer got this edge that perhaps would put people off now she's almost mainstream you seem to be saying yeah and especially because uh, eric zemmour has outflanked her on the far right so now eric zemmour seems like the far right candidate with all the extreme <laughs> yeah. anti-muslim policies and le pen is and then you've got macron so le pen is sort of in the middle she's saying well actually i have the moderate <laughs> stance on islam now that's how far Gosh. to the right france has lurched and and macron actually this is um he mentioned uh, Islamist separatism in his speech uh, last night. He said, you know, we're going to continue to crack down on Islamist separatism. So this is only going to, um, you know, if you're, if you're a Muslim, a French Muslim, th this is only going to make you more likely to want to abstain and to think, well, I can't vote for uh, Macron, actually. And, and Macron needs to be getting Mélenchon supporters um, to vote for him. Many of them won't want to because they perceive him to have um, pandered to the far right. And so it's going to be it's going to be very difficult for Macron to actually, um, you know, he's going to have to put up a big show to try and get these Mélenchon supporters to come on board mm. and, and vote for him. Uh, and it's unclear whether it will ultimately happen. Mm. Gosh, there's very, very troubling and unpredictable uh, times we live in. Well, Thank you uh, very much uh, in, indeed, uh, Imran, for your uh, insights, your expertise and, and keeping a careful eye on what's going on there. And uh, God willing, um, you, you might come back um, after the 24th, maybe the 25th of April, whenever it is, just to give us the, uh, uh, the, the final verdict on what has happened um, in France. Um, I'm going back on, uh, on Wednesday and uh, right. for, uh, a, a week or two. Um, I'll have a chat with some people there and see what they think. Um, they yeah, you'll observe, observe the political environment there. Yeah, uh, as I said before, the election was uh, in, in the 
the he said what it was the the village I live in uh, the the uh, the division political division seemed to be pretty much uh, the standard national divisions. There doesn't seem to be any local variants there uh, in the the, the Gers, uh, department in southwest France. So um, it's strange. I actually don't know how my neighbours vote. I mean, to think that my my neighbour on my left may have supported. Le Pen and the neighbour on the right may have supported the Greens. I just don't know. And I, I don't really want to know, actually, because how will that affect my relationships with people course, if, yeah, I, yeah. if I know that they are, well, you know, I, I don't know what to say, really. It's difficult anyway. Um, well, as I say, thank you very much uh, indeed, Imran, for your time and, uh, and your expertise. And um, hopefully see you again, God willing. Um, take care. Yes, thank inshallah. You. Thank you for having me. Okay, till next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.